dummies, it's the episode that you guys have all been waiting for. I know it's been a while we've been promising this. We've been really promising this. We've been saying that this was going to happen for months now, but now it's happened. We did tell you it was going to come in January, and we were right. This is the video episode of Two Detroit Nerds. This is us. You're seeing us now for the first See you time. Guys. Live I'm on YouTube. Here. We're, let it, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. Absolutely. So, Dom, we got a very packed schedule today. We got a lot of stuff going on. Couldn't be more excited for it, bro. I want to first do a quick shout out to, first of all, my lovely girlfriend, Allie, for setting this up. Thank you so much, Allie. Thank you, Allie. Shout out you. Love you. Okay. We're going to also do a quick shout out to this venue. This is uh, Space Lab Detroit. We're down here right now in beautiful downtown Detroit. It's a perfectly sunny day of 75 degrees, and uh, we're excited to go. So, let's jump into the show. Do you have the notes? The I do notes? have the notes. All right. So, I had a couple of things I wanted to start first off with. Have you ever heard of Chinese anime? I have, actually. I've seen um, one or two clips, not many outside of that. Okay. What were the names of them? I don't know. I, I just there's this one reoccurring clip I always see all over the internet. It's these uh these two guys fighting. One dude just in, engulfed in flames. The other one looks like he's engulfed in blue flames. Uh -huh. and they just go at it. It's crazy. Animation yeah. style sick. I don't know if there's an actual anime out of it. Yeah. Cause I've only only seen the clip. Okay. But ridiculous. Definitely a different spin, yeah. art style wise, from what we're used to in our normal Japanese uh, anime. Yeah. Outside of that, everything checks out, bro. Yeah. No, I, I um, saw on Crunchyroll, there was this show, uh, The Immortal King, what was it fucking called? Daily Life of the Immortal King. I just scrolled past that the other night when I was yeah. going through it. It's like one of the more popular ones on Crunchyroll. And um, it's called, a, it's like the actual name is a Donghua. That's really? what uh, that's what it that's what a Chinese anime is. is Dong Hua. Okay. Like you know how like anime. Manhua, they got her. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I watched the show and it's funny. Like you don't notice that it's Chinese until you start seeing like all of the different. Uh, you know, in Japanese anime, we'll have like street signs or yeah. like, stuff that people are buying, and like you're expecting it to be in Japanese, but then it's in Chinese. Oh, I got Since you. I watched everything dubbed, like I didn't notice anyways because it's already in English. Of course. But, um, yeah, it was a really interesting show. It's based off of a Chinese light novel. Or not a light novel, like a web novel. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the thing, too. Mm -hmm. I just got turned on to both of those, actually. I've always yeah. knew about light novels, but I was going through uh, trying to find where I could read ReZero. Re and it kept coming up as a web novel mm -hmm. or a light novel. I'm like, what's the difference between the two? Mm -hmm. Went and searched it up, looked through the difference. I couldn't tell much, but I think one is just pictures. Yeah, one, one was like almost looked like a uh, like a screenplay, bro. Like like almost yeah. a script for a movie was literally just all the dialect down, down, down each character. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, like they have um, they have shit that's like two thousand chapters. Yeah, they just keep going and going. It's like just like how manga, right, is yeah. just serialized and like you know fucking, uh, One Piece has twenty million, you know, yeah. episodes. In counting. Yeah, this. These are basically the same things. I guess they're just not as animated or illustrated. They're right. just more like, like you said, like lines of dialogue. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. I was like, why haven't we seen more of like, because there's Korean anime now, yeah. which is actually distinct. Like you can kind of tell the difference. Yeah. What is that show now? God of High School? God of High School and Tower of God. God of High School looks a little more true to what Japanese anime holds. Mm -hmm. Whereas Tower of God, first episode, you can, you can tell the difference right away. Right. The eyes are a lot different. The shading of the outlines are much more dark tones. It's just 
clear grip. As soon as I watched it, I knew I was like, hold on. Yeah. Why does this look so different than anything else? I don't understand. A lot of shows, illustration-wise, animation-wise, are usually a lot different, just to not keep it the same. But this is a clear difference. No, I, I am super interested in this because I've always wondered why do Japanese shows get the I guess because it comes from anime, mm-hmm. from Japan that they get the title anime, but the Boondocks is an anime. It is. Like, why is that not considered an anime? I think you have a certain following that does heavily consider it an anime, but I think because it was made here, they can't label that on it. Which I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of like, ah, uh, that's kind of bullshit, you know? Right. I mean, look at the art style. Right. They got the blocky eyes. Even um, the kickball episode. You watch the kickball episode, it's like real heavy anime vibes in it. Sure. You, you would think that's exactly what it is, because yeah. I understand the rest of the episodes kind of stay true mm-hmm. to how their normal art style is, but that one specifically, you wouldn't tell the difference between that and a normal traditional anime. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel like other cultures have so much to give to the anime genre. I feel like as far as what we've seen, I mean, Japanese anime being heavily Japanese, yeah. that's a great thing. But what would it look like if we started seeing a bunch of other cultures adding to that art form, using the same art style, but basically just we got a, we got a call coming. <laughs> like just this. Yeah. But, uh... You know, unlock it again. But um, it's really interesting, like, what else could possibly be out there? I, I would love one day to see, like, Nigerian anime. That'd be pretty lit. Bro, I mean, I know we have the include. What do we have? I know at least from the black culture, what do we have? I know they got Afro Samurai. Afro Samurai, yes. Boondocks, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Yasuke. Yasuke. And as far as I'm concerned, that's, those are the only three I know about, or at that's least the most popular right yeah. now. Um, I haven't seen too many outside of that. Ooh, here's a good here's a good debate topic, and this is kind of an annoying uh, statement to make, but I'm just gonna see where it goes. Hell yeah. Uh, samurai shampoo is cultural appropriation, yes or no? As much as I love the show. I mean, yes, I guess it is. Where's I mean, the black character? You're right, show? you're right. And the, the heavy hip hop uh, soundtrack, just, I don't, even though well, there is a little bit of a debate of Mugen being black because Mugen. of how he's illustrated. I know he's lighter skin. Listen, look how light my skin is, bro. Go back and watch. He's got a little bit of a dark tone. His hairstyle is a little, little afro ish, not, not a full black afro, but it's almost there. It is. He does kind of have an afro, but just a little bit. Sodas to a certain extent, sodas uh spike though. I mean that's just a hairstyle, especially from <laughs> that from that type of anime like drawing style. Oh um, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily say that he's um, of African descent. I think I think uh there was another show I, I don't want to get off this topic too quickly, but I, I just saw one of my show notes and I wanted to ask Mike, is there a character in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Damn. Yo, we got we got cars coming in. We got races going on outside. But um, is there a character in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure who's black? Is there is there that that like young kid in one of the story arcs? Is he supposed to be black? It's like when he when they first go to America. Is he supposed to be black? I couldn't uh, tell. Smokey. Smokey, yeah. yeah 100%. The name like Smokey. Smokey. You cannot be black. Yeah. Oh my god. There's a bunch of different characters in JoJo's. Oh, there's there's black characters in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Have I, you ever seen any of the uh, the list of like the debates people have of 
these black anime characters like from across all the shows. Yeah. Like, so like Spike's on one. Okay. Mugen's in one. Uh, Piccolo's on one. Yeah, Piccolo's, uh, Piccolo's for sure black. Yeah, yeah, black. He's black. absolutely black. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm going yes. Samurai Shampoo, yes. As I, much as I love the show. Okay, that's what I think. I think I love the show. I think it's great. It's one of my favorite scores, like we were talking about in the last episode. By the way, listen to Two Detroit Nerds, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, if you want to hear some of our older episodes. But on the previous episode that we were doing, I was talking about how incredible the ending theme of Samurai Shampoo is. Uh... That whole show, not just, like, the beginning and ending theme, but, like, the music inside of the show yeah. is, like, it's probably the best score. Like, uh, like unbiasedly, it's the best For score sure. in anime I've ever seen. It's got to be. Um, but, yeah, it's... They're really... In terms of what the, the culture deems cultural appropriation yeah. today... Not that we're holding it against yeah, anything. I'm not holding it against You know, truth is truth, so... Yeah. I guess we got to keep it that way. But... I don't think it could be more of an homage... I mean, the soundtrack at least. It's definitely here's the it's thing. Hot, it's hip hop based, right? Heavily like, hip hop based. So, you know, this is Mike speaking by the way. I think he's uh, Bees is like paying homage to hip hop. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, not not cultural and appropriation in the sense of okay. we're gonna take from black culture, <laughs> you know, use it for our benefit and ride off with it. I don't think it's necessarily so much of that. I really think. I mean, this really just speaks for itself. I feel like the the creator just probably just had a love for hip-hop. And he probably just thought, how can I tie this in with a story I've already been making? How can I make this exactly what I would want it to be? I think he did a perfect job of that. No shots to the creator in any way. But, again, truth's got to be truth, bro. And we could be wrong. I mean, there there could have been instances of him paying homage, giving the credits out. Now, are, are the... Here's what I want to know. Are these original soundtracks and original themes that are in the show, or are these actually songs that were taken? It's all, see? Written for the show. So that might not be, that's not as bad. No, that's not as bad. And honestly, you're right, New Jabes or New Jabies. I don't know how to pronounce his name either. Um, he's an incredible beat maker, and he was clearly a, a huge student and fan of the culture so yeah. I can't really say that anything that he was doing was like cultural appropriation I'm more talking about you know they're break dancing during fight scenes yeah. you know what I mean you're there there's a lot of swagger in the show that doesn't make sense in Japan um it's just <laughs> it's just for as wild as their swagger or it is <laughs> yeah it's just you know it's not um it's not Japanese. Like, it's supposed to take place in the Edo period, but nobody acts like they're in the Edo no. period. No. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's very forward, I feel Except like. Except Jin. Yeah, oh, yeah, Jin, Jin would be the, the exception, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to be almost like this Japanese straight man. Like, yeah. he's the, like, whereas Mugen is the, the sort of, like, crazy character, he's sort of the flat character. The black so, guy. No, That's funny. But, um, going back to JoJo, I can't tell if I like this show. I really can't tell if I love it or if it's too stylistically distracting. So I watched, like, the first ten episodes in one hit. Like, I just didn't stop, just kept watching it. And I was noticing this pattern that the show was doing where it was, like, it was, like, a story but, like, sped up. It was, like, very, like, 
this happened and then this happened and this happened instead of it being like this slowly developing thing but then as I started to see how big the show and how expansive the show is because it's a generational show I started realizing oh these these stories that I was watching are like these little vignettes and like they're these little like moments in this larger like bloodline of like the Joestar family but I didn't know if I was supposed to be taking it seriously or not when I was watching it. I was like, is this... Because there's, like, some gruesome shit in that show. Yeah. And I'm like, like, uh, is this supposed to be... It's, I don't know, the tone, it was so new to me. I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, the, the first two parts definitely are, like, sped up. Yeah. As far as, like, the source material goes. But Stardust Crusaders is definitely longer and definitely, like, kind of its own. You could you could watch part, or, like, start at part three. Mm. Although I would never recommend it, and just watch like each part separately. Okay, so we'll just label it as seriously unserious. Yeah, a seriously unserious. So it does. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's yeah, bizarre, exactly. and it's an adventure. It's bizarre. Did you know that JoJo, uh, the the guy who drew who drew JoJo drew JoJo for a Gucci campaign? That's fucking crazy. What? Yeah, because like the art style on that show is next level. Like yeah. it's like some of the freshest shit I've ever mm-hmm. seen. And it's so unique, and I guess whoever does the, the art design for Gucci was like, let's have the characters from JoJo modeling Gucci's, like, clothing, like, menswear. In the show? No. Uh, well, they... In, oh, real, oh, in real life. No, no, no. Yeah, it, like, if you, were, if you went to a Gucci store in, like, 2000-whatever, mm-hmm. you would see, like, posters of, like, JoJo characters wearing Gucci clothes that you could wow. buy in the store. I love fucking... Talk clothes. about promotion, bro. I love shit like that, man. I mean, when are they gonna have Evangelion's wearing Nike? Like, when are we gonna have... Well, they have it. We're just not gonna be seeing it all over billboards <laughs> and buildings the way we do. You know, that would've been seen. Mm-hmm. I see shit like that all the time. I always see those dope-ass anime depictions of, you know... I just seen one today. It was uh, Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen, Kakashi. Yeah. And uh, one other character just dripped the fuck out. Yeah. Like, nothing you'll ever see them wear in the actual show itself, <laughs> ever. Good. Nowhere near, but I... It's, it's dope, bro. It just looks good. I don't know. I don't know something about it. So, have you seen those memes of Goku becoming Muslim? No. Those are the, some of the funniest fucking memes ever, where it's like Goku, it's like, first, it's like him, like, walking towards, like, a minaret, like a, like a place where they call the prayer, and then the second shot will be, like, him and Goku, like, or uh, Gohan, like, lining up for prayer, and then, the, and then the third shot will be him with, like, a kufi on, and, like, the... Oh, that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> I could never imagine. It's so funny. Oh my god. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I love that shit. I, I love crossover stuff with anime. That's that's honestly one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, and as a kid, like, when you saw shit like that, it would blow your fucking Yeah, because you never, like, you're only so used to seeing them in their everyday outfit, you know? Yeah. And not that you got sick of it, you were used to seeing it, you were like, okay, I know this is get up, but mm-hmm. now you go and see them wearing shit like you might have, mm-hmm. or a brand you own, and you're like, oh, hold on. Goku's looking like me now instead of me looking like you know yeah like yeah. yeah it was like sure. and I think a part of it too is like psychologically as a kid you actually sort of thought those were real people of course so like if you see them wearing shit in real life that you wanted them to wear your, you almost think that they changed their outfit like that like they that they weren't just drawn with no. it yeah, yeah. Like they put the shit <laughs> yeah, on yeah, they, yeah, they, they went to a Gucci store and bought it yeah it's um uh, that's kind of why getting back to Gintama why I like Gintama so much is because it breaks that fourth wall of anime yeah. and it will have these moments where they're like being interviewed about the show 
and like they're in the show, you know, like and like there'll be like press conferences about like the new season. Yeah, it'll be like them talking to like reporters. It's like I wish more animes did shit like that because if if they did, I feel like it would be such a more it would have so so much more depth. Like yeah, it's more interactive with the viewers too because it's not just your normal. What are they up to? It's they're now aware. They're they become self aware in a sense. Right. technically are I mean obviously they're not it's fiction but at the same time I don't know it's just it's received well by the fans it should be so for some of the people that might be listening to this that don't know a ton about anime I have a quick informational um that we can do here uh this is gonna be a way that you guys can kind of get your intro to anime and it was anime genres explained. So these are the, all the different types of genres. We're going to be using these words throughout different episodes. So you can always refer back to this clip, which we're going to clip this clip of the show where I talk about what the different anime genres are. And I'm reading this from epicstream.com. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and just do a quick run through of all the big major ones. So shonen. You, I think I even already said the word shonen here today. Um, shonens, uh, literally the word in Japanese means boy, and like many other categories, uh, it's not just a genre in itself. There's a lot of other things that when you're saying shonen that you mean. Um, it really describes the intended demographic, uh, meaning that like the person that the show is directed towards and the way that it's marketed. So this doesn't mean that shonen anime is only for boys, just as shoujo isn't just for girls. Um, you know, in the 21st century, I think that'd be an oversimplification. Um, that's from this. I, I'm just reading this out loud. Uh, shonen simply describes the targeted demographic. I just said that. Uh, shonen then describes manga and anime marketed towards boys from around 12 until their late teens. So there's seinen, which is the older version of shonen. Um, which is marketed towards men from 18 until, like, 45, pretty much. You can go higher than that. I don't yeah. older than that. Yeah, there's, there's a very mature anime out there, so it's, it's pretty interesting to see how far it can go. But um, this goes all the way back to uh, the early 20th century in terms of how long it's been this type of anime has been marketed towards this demographic. So you can even look around, like, World War II to yeah. find, like, comic strips and stuff like yeah. that that were shonen-based. Uh, but, you know, any modern example of a shonen would be something like Naruto, One Piece, uh, even Full Metal Alchemist, even though it technically has a lot of other things in it that may not make it a shonen, it, it basically is. Yeah, follow the rest of it. Yeah. And then there's shows like, you know, The Promised Neverland that's about, you know, a group of young children led by a girl. But it's still a shonen because it was serialized in a shonen magazine, so meaning that it was marketed towards young boys in a magazine for young boys. So we're still going to call it a shonen. Um, and then you know, obviously, you have the obvious ones like Jujutsu Kaisen yeah. and stuff like that that are very guy-like. So I just mentioned seinen. What is seinen? And that just means youth in Japanese, and that mostly describes older male demographics uh, uh, that are usually around eighteen to forty-five. So. After all, seen in works uh, like Terror and Resonance, Tokyo Ghoul, Berserk. By the way, let's stop right there. Have you seen Berserk? No, man. I remember we just recently talked about... I read that it was supposed to be coming to Netflix, which I thought was in December. Mm. And when I was on Netflix the other day looking for something to watch, and the first thing I thought to do was let me search up Berserk. I couldn't find it. I mean, I know they have that the newer edition of it, which is CGI, which I was kind of like, yeah. Not really a fan of that. Can we? 
and now I'm going on a tangent on another tangent. Let's get it. Yo, I hate fucking CGI anime so much. It's bad. It's a bad idea. It's never been a good idea. Only I have one exception for it. Two exceptions for it, actually. I take that back. And this is not a full... Neither of the two that I'm about to name are full CGI. They just have certain shot scenes where it is. That would be Chainsaw Man. Yeah. And Overlord. Yeah. Nothing else can come to mind where I was like, yeah, this, this is it. No. This was working very well for this show. Never, bro. It's just... For me, it's like... It almost looks as though enough care isn't put into it because the movements aren't fluid. It's clunky looking. Um, it doesn't just... It doesn't have that sense of depth that I want out of what I'm watching and seeing how, like, seeing somebody get killed in CGI looks way more fake than it does animated, obviously with the two n- neither being real. Right. But something with it just, the normal animation style that they do just always works better. Fight scenes, just everything, they can do a lot better. No, I, I um, hate seeing it in motion. Yeah. It's one of those things that like has that disorienting, like uncanny valley thing where you look at someone's face and you see that they're like this part of their face isn't moving while they're talking. At all. And it takes you right out of the show because yeah. you're just like, that's clearly like a CGI render. Yeah. You know, whereas with something about a two dimensional cartoon, it's more believable than yeah. a three dimensional rendering. For it's, sure. It's very interesting how it brings It's almost it. more alive in a sense. It's like yeah. the album, like you said, they're just like it's like stale. It's like, what am I watching? Yeah, it's stale. Like the most, like, most serious situation you've ever seen and just doesn't do nothing for you at all. No, it's fucking awful. Guys, if you ever want to watch something that's going to make you throw up and break your TV, watch X-Arm, E-X-Arm. It's, oh, yeah, you yeah. told me about that shit. We talked about it on another one of our episodes. Uh, it's one of the worst rated animes of all time, and it's CGI. It literally looks like PS2. No. PS2 graphics, at least... Yeah, don't don't play yeah. PS2 like that. I bro. can't even say that. I can't even say what I was about to say. It's it's uh, just bad. It's bad. It's so bad. It makes, like, you never want to watch animated shit ever again. And it's really <laughs> special in that way. Like, it, it breeds this kind of, like, hatred within you of what you're watching that I've never seen before. So watch X-Arm if you want to hate watch something. But anyways, back to <laughs> this shit. Um... Yeah, so scenes typically tend to have darker, often more violent storylines. Um, they can be less optimistic than shonen. So one of the things that I remember you were telling me in one of our first conversations is like shonens are supposed to have that sort of like hero's journey. Yeah. Like it's not a mistake that they're like that. Yeah, the power of friendship. The power That's of friendship. That's what I always yeah. relate to shonen is that no matter what, you, you could have every reason why the main character should not win in that fight, every last reason. Yeah sees a friend get killed, has a flashback, which apparently is only a few seconds within the fight, but it takes fucking 20 minutes in the episode with this flashback. Yeah, yeah. And they just, out of nowhere, start glowing. They get up, their muscles get big, and then they just kind of one-shot the enemy at that point. It's like, oh, okay, that was cool, it looked good, but did it make sense? No. No, yeah, it's it's definitely um, the characteristic that I identify with the most when I think of shows like One Piece or mm-hmm. like Naruto where it's like a group of three friends are like fighting to protect each other kind of thing. Yeah, which that I'm okay with the fighting to protect each other. Mm-hmm. For me the power of friendship in that like we gotta be realistic here. I mean all these main characters in these shows usually have their end goal mm-hmm. and although having your friends on the journey, fighting for them protecting them is an important part of that that shouldn't be what gives them that power. That shouldn't be their main focus when shit's getting real now. You know what I'm no, saying? Right. It should be like, oh man, I'm, shit just hit the fan. Like, I gotta get serious. It shouldn't yeah. be 
oh, well, I'm going to remember this one time when we were all seven years old and we were playing by the water, so yeah. <laughs> let me burst out. No, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, it, that definitely worked for the people that like that. Mm. I'm sure it's because of the ages we are growing and watching so much anime that we're kind of like, all right, let's slide this genre to the side. I'll come back to this. Let me right. see something a little better. What about Gon's power up through friendship? That is not a power up through friendship. It's a flashback when his friend dies. Not at all. He powers up. For those of you who don't know, if you never watched Hunter x Hunter, this is the Ghana P2 fight we're talking about. I don't care if I'm spoiling this for you guys. You will see it. He gets that from P2 lying to him about bringing Kite back. And the whole time he was waiting, his whole journey back, she promised that she'd be able to. And then when it finally set in, like it's, the whole time in his head he was about to come back to life. When it finally set in that he could not be brought back, he just loses it, bro. Goes he gets, berserk. He gets a dog-ass power-up, though. Dog-ass power-up. But it's, that's also explained. He gives up. He basically, like, gives up his will to want to do anything else. Damn near offers his soul in exchange to get, gather enough power to be able to face him. We see the outcome of that fight. So, um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's just interesting, like, what shows are really trying to like tell us through a lot yeah. of the struggles. It's a good message for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. just when you separate that from real life, because that's what we're doing with this, this is an anime now, okay? Yeah. We're talking about people fucking flying, yeah. throwing fucking buildings like there are feathers out of there, whatever it is. Just keep it realistic. Yeah. Or no, don't keep it realistic. Yeah. I'm sorry, don't keep it yeah. realistic yeah. in the situation. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. So the shojo category uh, is actually for uh, girls from around 12 until their late teens. This is, I don't think, oh, Fruits Basket would be the biggest uh, example. Yeah, that's what it's probably, I was going to say like Slice of Life, you know? Yes, it's typically Slice of Life yeah. is, is shoujo. Um, and uh, shoujo thrived in the post-war period, perhaps because this period was inspired by motifs like the stylized fighting boys were thought to enjoy. Uh, at that time, shoujo fared a bit better in the 1970s when female authors... Oh, shit. What happened? Oh, fuck. It just reloaded. Oh. When female authors and manga artists created iconic works like Rose of Versailles and Candy Candy. I've never seen those. Have I don't you? think I've heard of any of those. Yeah, the, these are probably like 70s anime. But, which, by the way, there is like a cutoff to like when you could like watchable anime. You're right. Like, if you're watching an anime from before, like, 1991, just the frame rate is so bad, you are, like, attention spans can't handle yeah. it. Like, if you try to watch, like, super old Gundam, they actually have this on Netflix, um, the original Gundam movie. Damn. Unwatchable. It's, it's, it's bad. It's not that it's even bad. I'm sure the story's great. It's just too old. Oh, I like the the quality of the picture, the way that it's designed, the frame rate, like I was saying, is just way too choppy and like muddy. If you're like, trying to plug in like the uh, Xboxes to the old school big ass TVs we have, like, yeah, well, can't even fucking support this. No, literally. Would that's... you rather watch that or a CGI? Oh, I'd that's rather watch. I'd rather watch the old Gundam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. CGI just never worked for at least an anime. There's definitely movie CGI that are cool, but anime, no, big yeah. no. And then uh, the last one was Isekai. Isekai just literally means other world. Um, that stuff like hack.sign. It's my, my current favorite genre. Yeah, mine too, actually. Uh, Sword Art Online, 
Um, all those dungeon anime are pretty much isekai. Yeah. Um, slime. Slime, yeah. Reincarnated as a slime. ReZero. ReZero. These are the shows that got popular in the late 2010s. Yeah. These are the shows that really dominate anime right now. Big time. Is isekai. And we'll talk more about that um, at, a, at another day because I think we should probably transition into video games. Because oh, i got a lot to say. So, um, mobile games. Let's walk it out. What do we what What do we think about mobile games? I I've heard some really great things about Call of Duty Mobile, but I can't play games without a controller. I literally can't. For me, it depends on the kind of game. Okay. I have this period of time. Uh, Mike can attest to this too. There's this game that we all, me, him, and a buddy of ours, all came across called Brave Frontier. It was like a Final Fantasy esque type game. It was turn based. You had six characters, and there wasn't much that was needed to do to interact with the game. You had your basic movement, so you had an attack, which was just click on the character, they go attack. Click on this character, they go attack. You can do it all together in a group. You had a hold go down, you would block, and then when you built up this meter, you would swipe it another way, and it was your special, and you got a super special, if you would call it. Mm -hmm. Bro, I got lost in this game. <laughs> yeah. Like, years, I was playing it. I would be embarrassed if I even had my receipts to show how much money I put into this game. Oh it was so bad. But this was definitely a pay-to-win game. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. There was there was these things called uh, trials, um, and there was these like special battles that were just extremely hard mm -hmm. with or without the pay-to-win characters. Mm -hmm. And I, I, by chance, had the majority of them, so it was really I, I used to get really lucky. I could still put a good amount of money in. Yeah. But it was, I loved it, bro. I, like, these guys have stopped playing it. Like, I think the year that we all found out about it, and I was still playing it for, like, two years later. Loved Jeez. it. Jeez. I, I don't know, man. I, I haven't really been captured by a game in general for more than, like, a couple months. Mm -hmm. And, like, a mobile game just seems like too much work. Like, it seems like touchscreen-based games require so much input that I feel like with a controller is just second nature. Like, you know, yeah. you don't have to look at your controller. No, I have you, you know where You know what you're pressing. You know where the buttons are. It's fluid. It's like it's like a, another appendage. Yeah. Know? And, like, with a, with a tapping game. Oh, it throws you off. It, th it just takes me out of the game completely. Like, I tried playing... I played uh, PUBG Mobile for, like, three months. And, like, my roommate at the time was obsessed with that shit. Like, yeah. We would be at the club and he would be playing... PUBG Mobile, like, literally, um, and I don't know, I, I kind of drifted away from it because it just took too much, it was like, you're gonna sprain your fingers over it, yeah. bro, I swear, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's, it's definitely very dependent on the genre that you're playing because, like, you got things like Candy Crush, right? you know what I'm saying, like, like, right. Peggle, there's a lot, uh, what is that words with friends like there was a eight ball pool like all that shit yeah. all that shit works really well because you don't have to look around you know what i'm saying you don't have to control your character in a sense but all, any of the shooters yeah. i didn't even give them any chance to not i'm like bro i got xbox battles why would i play this on my phone right you yeah. never gave it the time of day yeah that's a good point why would you play well i did have a good friend of mine say that call of duty mobile is the greatest call of duty of all time shouts out to brady robinson um he was talking about how Call of Duty Mobile has literally the most like streamlined, like best guns in all the Call of Duty selected for mm -hmm. that one game. Um, and apparently it's just like very lightweight, very yeah. like, easy to play. So he gave it and he's like 
only does, only plays Call of Duty. ETC, yeah, bro. Just, that's literally all that guy. out, bro. Yeah. I've seen him play. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I, that's why I was so surprised that he told me he thought that. I'm like, bro, he's trolling. Yeah, I'm not trolling. <laughs> I thought he was trolling, too. And it's, uh, it's crazy because I've heard it from other people, too, that... Apparently it's this fucking grail of a game. So I think I think it's that's more of a situation like as an idea. Right. Call of Duty Mobile because if they found a way to port that exact game. Yeah. To consoles, PC. Yeah. Like me and him were talking about the other day in the in the chat. Yeah. That would be number one Call of Duty because they did everything you want them to do. Yeah, it's crazy that they don't just do that. Yeah, they're st- they can't. Yeah. They would rather have their market open for five, six different Call of Duty games all making money as opposed to one. To one, right. Good point. Good point. Um, so, elsewhere in video games, I was thinking about how much I don't understand Assassin's Creed. Um, is this a good game? Uh, yeah. When is I played Assassin's game? Creed 2 for the first time, I stayed up when I beat it until like 4 a.m. And this is before I had done drugs. It felt <laughs> like I was tripping. <laughs> like the ending is so tricky. <laughs> oh yeah, because don't they like? Uh, isn't that when you're hooked up to well, yeah, the machine? Like, like, like an animus, and uh, I don't know when it when it got more open world. There's like some fun open world Assassin's Creed, but don't name the one. No, Origins is the only open world I played, and that's Origins pretty good. That's song. pretty good. But like the the original three, the trip like the first, the first one in the Ezio trilogy. I think it, it like works a lot better as the type of game. Yeah, hundred percent. Because open world just no matter what game you have, if you go from not being open world to open world, mm-hmm. it changes the game okay. completely. Completely, it changes the play style, what you have to do, what you make your preferences and things to do in the game. It just it all, literally turns it into a new game. If you were gonna bash me for Black Flag, I was definitely no, no. Listen, you remember how we had that talk about what was that game? Uh, Skull and Bones. Oh yeah, fuck that. Game. Bro, he's like for years and years been trying to tell me about Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And the oh, majority of the game, you're on the yeah. fucking pirate ship. Fuck. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed pirates, like. Yeah, but you gotta be on land, bro. You gotta be like scaling a fucking mountain and bird diving off into the haystacks, shit like that. I'm sure they have a little the bit ship of that. battles are sweet, bro. Nah, I can't. I can't get with that, bro. And they got legendary ones too. Where it's, I never beat them. Yeah. Right. See, here's 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 the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Um, if there was a nuclear holocaust, one of the things they'd find in the rubble is an Assassin's Creed disc because they're everywhere. You could go to fucking any place that sells even one video game, and there will be a copy of one of the Assassin's Creeds. So there's got to be an audience for it. I no, can't there is. That. You know, you know, we talked about this already, obviously off the air. Um, I think a big credit to Assassin's Creed was the absence of the Prince of Persia games. Because my first time playing Assassin's Creed, outside of the first couple, I think, being rated T, uh, Prince Persia, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed just filled that, that empty slot I had for wanting that style game again with yeah. everything. The parkour, the assassinations, the way you fought, everything was almost like mirrored of that, but with its own twist on it, too. So I honestly think that they banked off that a lot. I'm not going to lie, because those were all, as far as I'm concerned, at least with that style of fighting and hardcore incorporated into a game, I can't think of many other games that really tackle that like that. No. There's other games with hardcore, yeah. other games with fighting, but the inclusion of the two. Yeah. And to be able to like run anywhere on the map, yeah. climb any building. That, that's yeah. what I it was, was super interactive, but a lot of games you can't do that with. Like think about all the games you play where 
it's just a whole massive world and then you there's like little interaction you can't go and build things right. you can't even scale certain shit you can't get a top certain things and it's like okay visuals is just cool but this right. is the video game we're talking about it's not like you're watching a movie you know right. I, I guess yeah, Assassin's Creed you can find like anything yeah anything and it was just fun to get up there jump off like do, do, just do little random shit you know? I remember doing that in the first two Assassin's Creed yeah. I was like I that's was where, just, that was your cut off yeah I, that's literally as much as I would play but like when I did play I would just scale shit and yep. jump off of it that's what it became just yeah. look at the scenery watch yeah. the sunset all that shit no, it, it had incredible like, cinematics your guy jumps 200 feet survives <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it's fine <laughs> a normal size haystack like as if he wouldn't just Follow yeah, right through that thing. Literally. That's just fine. That's So, okay, so we can then say Assassin's Creed is yes. a good game. Yes. Okay. For the most part. I will concede that. I just. <laughs> it, especially Black Flag, flag apparently. I, I don't know. So, on to rap. Is DJ Academics somebody that we should be listening to as, as the rap community, or should he be, um, should he be dealt with? Should he be someone? He that, should for sure be dealt with. Yeah, he should be dealt by with. By all means. And yeah. whatever comes with being dealt with, yeah. do it. Yeah. That's what I say. I don't I don't understand I mean I, I do understand because, you know, you're on Twitch, you're riding rappers, like riding them. You're talking about every piece of gossip that possibly comes across your desk. Like a thirteen-year-old girl, girl, um, at the middle school lunch table. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get, I get why he's popular, but let, let me just actually, I can't blame academics for why he's why he's popular. Yeah, it's the audience. It's like the juvenileification, if that's even the word. The child, the, 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 um infantilization of hip-hop has birthed people like him who instead of talking about because there's always been rap beefs but it was yeah. it was beefs between men about men shit you not know not 20 year olds 19 year olds claiming gangs repping sets yeah repping sets that they've never been to uh throwing up signs they have no idea what they are at all and you have this entire community base that lives for that kind of like gossip. Yeah. And because Which is that. Yeah, and because you have that kind of gossip just as a commodity now, it's gonna give birth to these kinds of people that traffic in that type of shit, like a DJ academics. Yeah. Who I don't think is necessarily I don't think he is a guy that means to do bad to the culture of hip hop. But I think when he saw what he could be doing, how, how much money he could be making, he just fed the machine and fed the machine. See, I, I agree and I disagree with you on that. Okay. Because I, I definitely agree with the fact that he just became a product of his surroundings, for yeah. sure, in doing that. And of course, you know you're going to make money on it. Unfortunately, some people can't look past making money, even if it's doing something that could be detrimental to somebody else's life. But at the same time... I've always seen he likes to touch on and talk about certain topics in a very negative way mm-hmm. without thinking there's repercussions that are going to come with it. Like, he speaks on these gang rappers, these guys that are known to be gang-affiliated, like, even still while they're rapping at times. Like, dangerous people, you know? Yeah. It talks in a way because, you know, everybody gets this internet personality where you can basically just say what you want, nothing's going to happen. And he kind of moves that way. 
And I'm very surprised he hasn't been checked for it at all. Like, I mean, people have talked to him, talked shit back to him, things like that, but that's all it ever came to. And I think he knows to play that role. He yeah. plays that role of talking big, and then if somebody comes and pulls up on him, he'll be the first one to call the cops or, hey, security, come protect me. You know, I was talking oh, shit to yeah. this man, and it's like, it's like, okay, I get it, you're rich, you want to have security around you, I understand that, but don't go talking to people that you know you would not talk like that to in front of, like, Straight right up. person, bro. Straight up, there's just something so false about that. There's something so un, unrespectable about Yes, that. that's the perfect word. Um, but, you know, he's got his platform, he does. I think, and I think uh, it is worth saying that a lot of rappers do use him for important things, like Absolutely. Playboy. Playboy Cardi told us about a whole lot of red through DJ Academics. Mm-hmm. To me, that's insane. Like, that yeah. he gave DJ Academics the license of all, yeah. all the people, right? But it makes sense, though. Yeah. Because he's real big on, like, promoting that style artist. Like, he's, he's, he's like a fangirl for some of those guys. Such a fangirl. Like, he loves them. Yeah. And I don't really feel like any other platform to release that on would have actually helped Playboy Card. None of the like the old school guys or like the, the OGs that are doing their podcast thing or, or their uh, radio personalities, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't even have gave them time of day to release that info, honestly. No, I, I don't understand. I think it's because like a lot of these rappers have to sit down with their managers and with their record label executives and they get told very frankly, your demographic is 16 to 18 white kids in the suburbs of Texas, in the suburbs of New York, in the suburbs of New Jersey, nowhere near the place that you grew up in, Atlanta, not where you're from, but these are the people that listen to you, and these people also listen to DJ Academics. They want to hear about rap uh, beef. They want to know about all the gossip. So we need to put you in that ecosystem. Yeah. And I think they get told that because these rappers, a lot of them don't have their own power or say. Few of them do, mm-hmm. but some, a lot of them don't have their own power or say over their own careers. They get roped in with yeah, people, like, yeah, people like uh, academics. Mike, what are you thinking? I want to say, you know, who does uh, represent the place that they're from and probably resonates with the demographic? Oh. Kendrick. Um, as well as the outsider. So let's 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 um let let's deal with, with the this. rappers or the demographic you're saying. I'm saying like Kendrick being from Compton, you know, like he's saying Playboy Cardi, like no one, no one from his hometown is gonna be like, oh, yeah, Playboy Cardi. Oh, I'm you're oh, oh, okay, 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 yeah. You know, but, can I say something controversial here? Yes, please do. I'm kind of tired of Compton, aren't you? Um, I'm kind of uh, tired of Compton. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of Bompton. I'm tired of Bloods. I'm, I'm tired of Bompton. YG. YG fell off Yeah, I'm tired of YG. I'm tired. I was telling Ali this the other day. If there's one group of people that I absolutely have no time for, it is LA rappers. I have no time for an LA rapper. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. <laughs> like, Boys in the Hood was 30 fucking years ago, guys. Like, but this is a lot different, though. Because, look. As rap evolved, like, LA, and you know this, since, like, the Boys in the Hood era and all that, they weren't super lyrical. So they had their sound back in the day. Some, some, A couple of guys were, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the main sound from L.A. back in the day, especially from Compton, it was more just, like, hardcore, like, gritty street shit, like, selling drugs, I'm going to come kill you, gangster rap. This gangster rap, yeah. literally gangster rap. 
Whereas you fast forward to now with, I mean, I guess YG could kind of fall under that, but he's got a little more pop in his music. Whereas like Kendrick, Kendrick doesn't sound like a West Coast artist to me at all. No. It, whether it's his voice, the style of music he chooses to rap Not over, the, the only thing I would give him that you could actually like connect back to home would be his lyrics, and that's because, of course, you're from L.A., you're from Compton, you're, of course, on numerous songs throughout your career, of course, it's going to come up. You're going to talk about your hood, where you're from, where your boys are from, all that shit. So that goes without saying, but I feel like I, I'm trying to think of who else I could even like name out of L.A. right now. Cause I was gonna be my next question to you. I was gonna be like, okay, who are you? Who exactly are you talking about when you say this? Game. That's a big agree for me. Game. No. Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Bye bye, game. We don't want to hear you anymore. Oh, I don't want to hear me. I'll give you that. We don't want to hear that anymore. Documentary sweet, but yeah, documentary sweet. Doctor's advocate is sweet. Jesus piece is sweet. Jesus piece is good. Born to rap. Sweet. That's it. Listen, I, it's got nothing to do. I want to be clear. It's got nothing to do with whether or not he's talented. Oh, think, okay, okay, okay. I think Game is incredibly talented. Yeah. I don't want to hear any more about growing up in Compton. Yeah. I just we need to move on. For like, sure. We rest by so substance is the same as with the problems with a lot of Compton rappers for you. Right, and also too, it's like who had some of these people have become some of the most wealthy people ever. Yeah, I, I agree with this. And they haven't done anything for, like, I, I'm holding them accountable. Like, we need to start. Years. They We have, I'm sorry, does Dr. Dre a billionaire and they're still a Compton? Yeah. They're still a Compton. They're still a he- heavily impoverished they don't zone care, of South bro. Los Angeles. That's a whole different topic. They, they don't care about that shit, bro. They, what they, I'm they, saying. They get, they, uh, here's the problem. You and I, I'm sure you and Mike, if we grew up in those situations, bro, and got to a certain level, to kind of be aware, we probably would want to go back and fix shit, especially if, one, those surroundings is what made them who they are, and technically, you got to give a lot of credit to that for their rap careers, because without them going through those hardships and whatnot, they wouldn't have come up with the material that they did. Yeah. But these guys, you, they just reach such a level of fame and success, they don't give a fuck about their hometown, bro. These guys got homes halfway across the world, different countries. They're they're the big guy, you know. They're the go-to. Everybody comes to them. What the fuck do they care about their their badass neighborhoods? I I don't agree with that. I'm I'm totally against that, bro. Yeah, I I hear I hear what you're saying, and I get that it's the folly of all rich rappers to instantly forget where they're from, but still rep it every chance they can. Um, I just don't. I think that's corny in 2023. For sure. We're in 2023. We are, ladies and gentlemen. I know. I kept almost writing 2022 today. I worked on my papers, and I was like, "Fuck, man! I gotta get with this, bro." We're we're literally in 2023, and we need to start acting like it. Uh, everybody is is getting held accountable now. I I'm not saying that all these rappers are are doing what they should be doing. Like I'm not saying that like Atlanta rappers are doing better when it comes to this topic than LA rappers. I'm not saying that. That yeah. they all, there's across the board people need to change this this problem, but I am saying that LA rappers have a particularly egregious example of coming from a place not doing anything to fix it once they have money and still but still claiming it. still claiming it. And Atlanta's a good exception there too, because Atlanta I feel like more than any other region in America has been the most changing, whether it's their lyrics, their sound wise. I feel like Atlanta's gone through every. 
every phase of rap we've seen from then till today, I feel like Atlanta itself has gone through that. Yeah. You can't say that about everywhere else. New York still kind of sticks true to how they were back in like, the super lyrical, all that kind of shit. L.A., they're kind of like party sound, party vibe. That's still an L.A. thing, you know, whereas Atlanta's kind of like, yeah. they just got a whole bunch of fucking everything in there, and then yeah. whatever you come out as, that's what it is. And Look, I don't know. I, I feel you, though. I, that's been one of my main problems about rappers that used to be my favorite back in like the 2010s. A lot of them, with the exception of a few, they just they stay talking about the same shit. And I'm just, I feel you. I'm sick of it. Yeah, it's. Awesome. I was gonna say Meek Mill, someone that does that, but he like gives back to the you know he. he like, yeah, thank yeah, you. See, thank, no, you. I, his, thank you. His songs and like lyrics are, you know. No, that's somebody who we're gonna definitely tell you guys right now, talent wise. <laughs> Garbage, bro. So bad. Now, I will say this. Sorry, so bad. No, he from what he came from, he, he plateaued. Took, he plateaued. Yeah, but he kind of just jumped off a cliff there. <laughs> he, bro, he definitely has that. Like, you know, how a lot of these rappers as the late these last five years have just gotten the corny stamp. Mark went on his corner. He's corny. Yeah, himself. but at least he gives not even the city. city. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I will credit him he for that. He city, does. He goes to a city. He reps it. But yeah. I mean, no, I mean. I, uh, I mean, we just give these rappers such low, like, bars. Yeah. Country. We give them such, we have such low expectations for a lot of these rappers. And I, and I, 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 I can't vibe with somebody like Meek Mill, who, like you said, was fire. Oh, so good. When he started, you see some of his early stuff, like some of his early rap battles, and you're like, yo, this guy is the truth. Yeah. And then you see him now, and it hasn't been that long. It's no. been 10 years. Yeah, maybe. And he only had so many drops, you know what I'm saying, within that span of time for him to have to take that fall off. I mean, it's probably been like 10 years since Dream Chasers 2 came out. Yeah, it did come out in 2012, you're right. But still, I mean, either way, it's like... That's a good mistake. So, it is a very good mistake, but it, it just it kind of sucks because some of these guys just load the ammo a little too early there, and then it's like... They got nothing left to shoot with. They, they, they come out like your first few albums and they're like, oh yeah, like, damn, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then, where's the rest? I think you they, know what I'm saying? They got to stay hungry. I think a lot of these rappers, their, their desperation is what feeds them. Their desperation to get out of their situation 100%. is what feeds their talent. And the minute that that's removed, uh, you, you know, you see a lot of them just sort of, not necessarily even get lazy because they're still working hard. They're still doing yeah, shows. Yeah, that creative side isn't there. Anymore. That creative side kind of disappears. And then I think it's 30 strip clubs later, 30 blunts later, 30 bottles of rosé later. Can they fire at the 30 same clip? 30 pints of lean. 30 pints of lean later. Can they fire at the same clip? Um... I want to ask Mike this, Mike. Uh, Playboy Cardi overhyped or underrated? I only know one Playboy Cardi song, and it's foreign, and it's a banger. So. You definitely know Magnolia. Yeah, I do know that. You know, woke up like this. Did you listen to a whole lot of Red? No. Why didn't you listen to what? I don't know. I, 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 I also I did not listen to a whole lot of Red. What? I'm sorry, bro. I can't get with from bro. I can't get with all those fucking. Them noises that he makes, and I don't know, bro. He sounds like he's like whining a lot, like he's yelling. To me, okay, here, here. I'm when it comes to music, bro. I'm mainly a rap fan, right? Mm-hmm. And he sounds more of like, without discrediting the other genre that I'm about to conjoin these two names, but he sounds like like a a punk rock rapper. Okay. And I not necessarily don't like that, but it's got to sound good to me. 
I'm sorry. It's kind of sound good. A lot, a lot of it's like, like his earlier shit. I like a lot. What's what's the uh, what's his first album with Magnolia? Woke up like this. Uh, Dialet. 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 Yeah. That's a cold album. I like that album. And yeah. I, I at the time it came out, I was like the first person that would tell you, "Fuck this shit. I don't listen to this kind of rap. Nothing." But it grew on, and I really liked that album. But whole lot of red. I think I gave it. I either gave it a playthrough or I was with my little brother and he was playing it and I just turned to him in the car and was like, bro, what the fuck are you playing? What is this? <laughs> Let me tell you, the first time, this is a great story, first time I ever heard a whole lot of red, I was in the desert on the way to Las Vegas. We were driving like 100 miles an hour. We're, we're getting, it's nighttime, we're getting to Las Vegas and um, uh, on that time, that's the song, plays by Playboy Cardi and prior on that time it was like the ninth song of the album so one okay. of the last songs the whole time the song was playing I was like turn this off I hate this shit what is this I don't like this mm-hmm. on that time came on we saw the the Black Pyramid the Luxor like light beaming and we saw we were riding into Vegas and the song matched perfectly with it and I was like I get it I literally everything just broke Yeah. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it finally seeped into my brain but after nine songs I was like run this all the way back now we gotta listen to it again yeah like listening to it with an open like when you find the one song that you like in that album it like kind of is everything a key pulls everything together now. it's a key that unlocks yeah. the rest of the album because it doesn't sound like any other rap album ever. no i'll give it that for sure yeah, it, uh-huh. it's very situational bro i mean I, there, there's a lot of things albums even not even just breaking it down into songs there's a lot of albums i haven't liked but through certain things certain situations i, I came to like i remember um just going to like concerts for example like, for, we went to the World concert in 17, 18, 17 or 18, it was like Little Caesars. By no means was I a Lil Baby fan, a Gunna fan, or a Sheck West at all. Like, maybe one song, right? We go to this concert and just seeing the energy that comes with these guys performing their songs, seeing the crowd reactions, how everybody's just like, Bro, old, young, black, white, whatever you are, everybody was down with it, vibing with it. For some reason, just seeing all that in one place, hearing it, mm-hmm. it changed it for me. And then I said, like, literally that same, the same day or the day after, bro, I went and looked up a whole bunch of songs from both artists that I've never fucked with, and then I ended up liking some of their songs. Have you heard, uh, oh, sorry. No, 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 you're good. Have you heard Top Off by Gunna? Yes. Top Off by Gunna is one of the greatest songs ever made. Dude. Nah, I wish I wish Max was here. Cause I don't know if I've heard Top it. Off by Gunna is. Well, Gunna's got one of the best memes ever. What? Which one? Where he's writing with the the pen and it's like flames. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what music video it's from, but that's a, that's a good meme. Yeah, it is. No, that's from the hot uh, music video. It's yeah, called Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Gunna, uh, how you feel about him snitching? Uh, he for sure snitched. Um. Okay. okay all right. I took the fall because he's not. He did not take the fall because the day that, the day or day after the three to four YSL members took plea deals, one of his attorneys came out and said he did not tell them to take those plea deals. That is literally, that's snitching. Okay. Taking the fall would have been, yeah, go ahead, you guys. They're going to just come after me. How long have they been in Atlanta lockup? It's been almost a year. Thug. I don't, the, so Gunna's out. Um, they were in there a lot. Yeah. He is. He's not getting out. All right. So you go from. You go from, a penthouse, apartment, drip, 
everything you could possibly want to an 8 by 11 cell in one day. Shit food. Shit food. Smells probably in there. Don't have the use of a fucking shower or bathroom. Horrible. Hell. Right? You might be able to drive some cars. I don't know. Or, I probably can. I mean, he's not going to be in the feds. No, yeah. Yeah. No. If he was in federal prison, then by all means, he'd probably been looking comfy in that bitch. But that's not where he's at. Uh, I think we can't, I can't judge those guys because of how, how incredibly unforeseen this was. Like, I'm not saying that they... Nobody, I mean, it was pending, but nobody's seen that coming. Here's the scenario. What if Young Thug, Young Thug's ghostwriting for him? And now that you know they find themselves locked up for association with YSL. Yeah, that might be the case <laughs> yeah. because some of the early stories, some, some of the early stories about how Gunna got on was yeah. Young Thug was like the only one that knew about him, mm-hmm. and also Lil Baby. It's both yeah. of them, and yeah. he like seen something in them, brought them, and told them like, "Hey, this is how you, mm-hmm. this is how you pen a song. This yeah. is how you know you write a chorus. You hit these kind of flows." Supposedly, he was the one that taught them how to do what they did. So that, I mean. That could be the case, but a lot, a lot of people got ghostwriters. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, don't don't get me wrong. When I asked that question, I wasn't saying <laughs> I'm not snitching. I bro, listen. I'm sorry to say this. To me, Gunna seemed like the guy who was never involved in any of their uh, illegal activities. Or I wouldn't think he is. He doesn't come off as that kind of person. He's rapping about it though, so mm-hmm. he's Gunna, not whatever his real name is. Mm-hmm. You know. You oh, not just. Oh, you know what his real name is? Yeah, I know some crazy shit. It's Sergio Kitchens. That's, <laughs> so that's, what, that's, that's, that's why didn't you make that your why did, well, why or why wasn't that a company name that he could come out <laughs> yeah. with? Well, kitchenware and shit. Yeah. But um I don't listen, if I'm just guilty by association or something, and whoever's the actual person that should be guilty is with me, and they know I was I never partook in anything like that, and they're not saying it was all me. Fuck you, bro. You're, listen, I don't see snitching to be any worse than that because it's like my my life, my safety's on the line now. You're not doing anything to come forward and get me out of this when it's you that's causing all the problems. Right. Of course I'm snitching. I don't give a fuck how that sounds, bro. Right. Where's the onus on Thug to be like, he had nothing to do with this? If he did. If he did, yeah. right? Like, why are, like, and, and also, too, from what I've read about this case, like, they were so flagrant about not hiding what they were doing. It'd be one thing if they. It'd be one thing if they. No, like there's like text messages where he's like, "Did you shoot that guy yet?" <laughs> yeah, bro, was he, uh, did he Young Thug put the rental car in his name when they went to go shoot up? Uh, was it Lucci? Why well, I Lucci? Yeah. yeah, it was in his name, and they found the car. His his name on the statement. So, I mean, I. You can't you can't protect people like that. No, bro. Fuck. You gotta you gotta just be like, listen. If you weren't involved, you know, me personally, if I wasn't involved in it, and I'm locked up now, oh, that's different than if I like knew about it and was doing it and active in it. Driving, yeah, you're the driver. Yeah, yeah. you're in it, bro. You're in it. Even if you get killed, let's say in the case of the murders, because that's one of the charges they're trying to hit him with. If I'm your driver, I'm not saying nothing. I was there with you, although I didn't shoot anybody. I'm the reason you got away at the time. I'm, I knew what you were getting ready to do, so you, you can't really say you're that is guilty by association in the literal term then. Yeah. But, but if, if you're just on a rap label and I'm just rapping to you about drugs, yeah. killing a nigga, just, just to give you my personification of what I'm trying to rap about, then no, I mean, you, you can't. I, I mean, I don't know. But the statement holds true. It's like, you know, you can't, no matter what it is, you can't act like you're about it. No. You're not really about it. Yeah, you know. No. <laughs> 
And if you're not about it, how are you about to release that album? And exactly. Exactly. To to so that's doing. where it's kind of tricky on which side to go with. Some of our mom. It's fucked. Hey, free thugger. Yeah, free thugger, man. I was such a huge Young Thug fan a couple of years ago. I like he kind of was starting to fall off. I think the song that really changed my opinion of him from being a good rapper to like, hey, you need to work on yourself was Out West. Did you ever hear Out West? Oh, I like that song. No, the beat is incredible. And like it's But I know what you mean his verse is like verse what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like I can't bump this. Yeah. And that really made me realize like Okay, either he's phoning it in or he's actually crazy or like he's crazy. Though. Yeah, something's going on because I'm like, why would you ruin, not even ruin, but why would you, uh, you know, curb what could have been like a banging song? The beat's hard as fuck. The beat is so good, man. It's like one of the one of the best songs like sonically that I've heard like in the past five years. Did you like so much fun? That's a good album. Great album. Yeah, no, that's the one that hot's on. That's the one. Yeah, that's what this face and it's like they're in the field and it's all the dip. You zoom in, it's all Young Thug making his own face. Yeah, that's a dope album. That's dope album. Relationship on that album? No, no. That's with like hot, uh, Big Tipper, uh, Circle of Bosses with him. Circle of Bosses. That's a dope song. Such a good song. Uh, um, hot. Was that hot? Yeah, yeah. Pussy up that song. Yeah, there's diamonds is on there. The the, the deluxe edition is also the like seven songs he added. Five. Yeah. Um, no, Thug is is definitely one of the best. But um, we're coming up now on our last segment. It's the conspiracy corner. We didn't do this in the last episode, so I kind of want to introduce what this is. Um, what we like to do, and of course we're going to be on YouTube now, so we got to keep it YouTube safe. Of course. Uh, but what we like to do is just sort of throw around ideas and throw around what we think about certain conspiracy theories and just work on them, just talk about them, see where it leads us. So, I have a conspiracy about Andrew Tate. Uh-oh. I know we're not supposed to say that's the he who shall not be named, but... Um, you we're guys here to break the barriers, bro. We're here, we're here to push the limit, but have, do you guys know about the Andrew Tate shit? Uh, I never watched no video, I mean... Yeah, no, no, what I just know, recently I, happened. Yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah. yeah, so as of this recording, because this is a developing story, so things things might change in a day, things might change in an hour. Um, he was arrested in Romania on human trafficking charges. Uh, we're expecting to hear that he'll probably be, you know, tried for these charges. For sure. Um, they're gathering a lot of evidence on him. The, the Internet's busiest snake, um, Destiny... If you guys know who Destiny is, Destiny, I really don't like you. Um, oh, I'm familiar with Destiny. Destiny is a streamer um, who plays video games and talks about politics. Yikes. Yeah. That already sounds bad without me knowing about the guy. Whack, dude. Um, he, uh, he published this thing on, I think it was on Reddit, that actually had all of the transcripts of Andrew Tate's like conversations with his brother and with other people involved in this uh, sex trafficking ring. Oh, wow. And it basically corroborates everything that the prosecution is saying against him. So like when this first started, I was like I was like, maybe they're just trumping up charges because they don't want him on the internet. Like yeah. the typical conspiracy theorists trying to blackball. they're trying to blackball me saying stuff that's empowering young men, they don't want that, blah blah blah. But then you see this guy, and then you see what he's involved in. You see what he's involved in. What's it? <laughs> he doesn't agree with that empowering young men thing. Oh. Uh, 
scumbag. He, I mean, it turns out he is. I mean, it turns out he's a rapist and a human trafficker. Okay, but that put aside, you still thought he was a scumbag. Why? Let's say that didn't happen yet. Okay, so the charges don't come out? Yeah, let's say charges. Why, why, why did I never like. I don't I'm, I mean, this is not me I saying mean, I like him or no, I don't know. Me personally, though, I mean. I don't know, it's like, uh. He. Or, like, not even just him alone, but, like, people like that, like. Yeah, like the fresh and fit guys, I don't like, know who you're talking yeah, about, I mean, yeah. They, they take yeah. advantage and, like, prey on, like, you know, and target their videos to people who don't, I feel like, have a group like, of reality. social interaction. And, like, but do they target that, that or is that who gravitates towards those videos? Right. You gotta I think mean, about that. Too. Both, but, yeah. like, you know, an 18 year old, like, watching that video, like, you know, they may be an adult, but. Not, right, their mind not. still isn't very adult like. I, mean, I don't understand. You know, when you were 18, you thought you were an adult, but now looking back at 28, yeah. it's like, oh shit, I was, I was stupid. Yeah, what was I doing? But I, the charges are. Why? The, I, I heard the, it's like voice notes. Yeah, it's like. It's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty it's in depth. Oh, it's fine, yeah. It's, so here's it's some wild ass conversations. Here's my conspiracy questions, not so much a theory. Why would a guy that's involved in some of the most egregious crimes you could possibly be involved in on a daily basis, he's trafficking people, right? Why would he want to become the most famous person in the world for like two months straight? Because people are going to look into what you do. Yeah. If you put that much spotlight, it's not like you put like a small spot. It's not like you had a cult following. This is the most Google searched person yeah, in twenty twenty two. So, if if he's doing all of this illegal shit, did he a just think that because he was in Romania he could get away with it? Did he b just want? I don't believe this theory of like he just wanted the spotlight so bad. That's like. That's oversimplifying. Yeah, it's too egotistic. Yeah, so people don't... Get definitely a narcissist is going to be a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But... I just, he, he might just be that stupid that, you know, like... Yeah. It, it, but here's the thing, thing okay, but to fame... Okay, but unfortunately, in, in most cases, a lot of narcissists, especially ones that get to the level of fame that he, does, he has, they're not stupid people. So I don't feel like no. letting something like fame get to your head with... Possibly ruining your chances of even keeping that fame would have came up. Like he would have definitely thought about that. You know what I'm saying? Especially being who he was already. He was already rich and successful, so I'm sure he knew people. He, no matter who you are, bro, you, you have some sort of some sense of knowledge if you're rich like he was and you're successful. I'm not saying this is a smart guy. Floyd, bro, Mayweather can't read. Okay, to to the average person, the general person, of course, hey, he can't read, but I guarantee you, he could give you some of the best financial advice you'd ever get in your life. So knowledge doesn't just come from though, bro. No, man. Knowledge doesn't only come from reading and writing and your and your ability to do both. He can read a little bit. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying he's like completely literate. He's close though. He's close. <laughs> but but no, back to I mean, the entertaining. Look, yeah. I don't think he's like. I don't think first and foremost, I talked to you about this. I don't. I barely agree with most topics that anybody famous brings up and talks about just because they have a persona if you're on the internet you're famous you're all over the media chances are you're not that same in real person a lot of people may be chances are you're probably not though but i feel like the way the media puts things together and i'm not saying they're out against him or to get him it's very easy to paint a good or a bad picture of somebody just through the term the use of the media it is 
You can only, like, for example, um, a lot of interviews we see, when they clip those up, not even just saying with this guy, with anybody, whoever it may be, you can literally be get into such a serious and good topic, they can go clip three to four pieces of you saying certain things, now you're scum of the earth. Just off that alone. That's true. So I feel like there's a lot of that that plays in hand nowadays. Now, am I defending this guy? Fuck no. If I hear those voice notes, lock that motherfucker up, bro. Kill him for all I care. That's what, if that's what you're doing, bro, you can get your ass and kill him. Do whatever you got to do, but... It was, it was like him, his brother, and like two girls that lived in Romania were like human traffic, like... Running. Basically, yeah, like running a like prostitution and like sex trafficking ring. Which is, you know, why it was in Romania. And he was, like, threatening women. He was, like, you know, he had people who were, like, basically keeping these women against uh, their will. You know, a part of me is, like, this is what, all right, just hear me out. I'm not, like... No judgment in this room, bro. This is just me spitballing. The most CIA safe houses in one city are in Bucharest, Romania. They are in that city wired for video, audio, surveillance like you wouldn't believe. I'm talking about our intelligence agency and other intelligence agencies. They don't need the Romanian police to pick someone up. This is Romania. They can pick someone up at any time. Um, why were they letting Andrew Tate run around trafficking? Girls, why wouldn't they? He's he's uh, a U.S. British citizen. Yeah. He is operating that country, doing illegal shit. He's got all this notoriety and fame, right? He's starting to influence people with mm-hmm. that notoriety and fame. What would be the reason to let him keep operating up until this point, and what would be the reason for them to pick him up now? What's going on right now that they're writing Andrew Tate off? Because you can't tell me that these intelligence agencies didn't know that he was doing this and didn't and couldn't just turn around and tell the Romanian police at any time. When he got started, they probably knew. So why why wait until now? Honestly, I think um, in a lot of cases like this, especially as of late with these kind of figureheads like Andrew Tate, like mm-hmm. those fresh and fit guys like Kevin Samuels passed away, mm-hmm. um, they put you in a position of influence mm-hmm. as opposed to a position of power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, think about it like this: they let him out, or they, they let him get up, get get to his rise of fame. He's talking about all the topics he is. He's gathering, you know, his audience massively, yeah. as we've seen. Like right. you said, he was the most searched person in twenty twenty two. That's insane. I didn't even know that myself. Yeah, yeah. So you get to the height of your influence, right? Maybe he could have gotten further, but right now, what they've seen as his height, that's where he got. To. Mm-hmm. Now he's got all these people following what he's doing. Now I know majority of his topics he was talking about was ways of teaching young men, older men, whatever age group you fell under, not to get tricked by the ways of women today. That's pretty much what it all comes down to. Mm-hmm. Not, not to be a sim. Right. Notice these signs for a woman that's only after you for your money, things like that. Right, right. Let's say he had to meet a certain point. Let's say he did. Now, all there's a large amount of people that follow his word, listen to what he says, does what he said, tells them to do. Mm-hmm. Now they flip the script. They're going to put these bad charges out. If he gets convicted, if he doesn't, here's going to be the problem. If he does, he's still going to have a mass rioting of people that are still going to be on his side. Just never-ending beliefs 
yeah. in him doing that or not doing it. Right. And then you're going to get the people that fall off from that. Right. And I think they want to do that to see who's still going to follow what he's going to say, um, who's going to listen to him, okay. who's still going to... I don't know. I, I don't know anything further than that. I don't know any of this. So you think it's more like social profiling? Like they want yeah. to get profiles on people. They, they want, want to you to become a certain way from following one person. Is okay. what I think. And you think they're creating these like these like dummies, these prop ups? To yeah, get and there's a lot of them because into, look, yeah. look at look at how many people that follow those topics have come on these last couple of years, bro. It's ridiculous. It's like crazy to me. No, like a few crazy. years ago, this would have been hundred views on YouTube. Hundred maybe, yeah. Maybe a hundred. You know, now it's fucking millions and millions every video these guys put out. Well, I think that's because like younger people have access to YouTube. No, like, I can't imagine. We've well, had no, access to imagine, like grown adults like watching Andrew Tate as the majority of the viewers. No, I would imagine it's like teens. No, no, like 16, no because a lot of the thing he's telling them about doing is like, like establishing yourself as a man, like getting your money, getting your business, like basically becoming a boss, and you can't really promote that to the younger generations because these kids are still in school. They don't really have the means to go through with any of that kind of stuff now. I think more so around our age is what he's targeting. Your 24s to 30s, maybe even to 35, because how old is he? He's got to be like maybe 33, 34. Yeah, yeah so definitely. A hairline. He doesn't even have hair. Yeah. He's a baldy. Yeah, no, I mean, there's just something very peculiar about this case. If he really is that stupid, then... Wow. Yeah, really and you deserve to be fucking locked up. And I'm not saying, hey, if you're doing human trafficking, hide it and get away with it. But but also, like, what a ride he took us on, right? Like, a guy that's that thirsty for fame and acceptance was able to captivate so many people that he became the number one most searched person on YouTube. Like, when they make the Andrew Tate movie, a lot, when they make the Andrew Tate movie, I hope they focus on that. Yeah. That this guy was so... Um, he was so desperate for someone to see him that he was willing to go to jail in Romania for the rest of his life yeah. just for a little bit of fame. Yeah, I have a death sentence over there. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, going to jail in Romania is a death sentence. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, just, yeah, you're just kind of done. I don't yeah. know. It, all in all, regardless of what he does and how he is, it still speaks a lot about the viewers because you're not only getting viewers that are on board with him. A lot of people that contribute views to these videos disagree with everything this guy says, but they go watch it, yeah. right? Then they feed off of this. Then they go on their social medias or go in person and just start talking about it. And that's, I think that's another bad road to travel down too, because that's, that's very consuming. Huh? I said people love to hate. They do. And it's, you know, bro, I don't know. I just, yeah. It's well, bad publicity is so publicity, so. I think, uh, this is a great place to break off and maybe we can bring this back up the next episode we do because um, I think there's still more to mine here but we are at our time so I want to say thank you guys for watching the first yes, ever thank you everyone two Detroit nerds follow us uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel follow our Instagram that's coming out soon just get into all the content that we're doing and um, we'll see you guys in the next time